0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
2: Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show. Tonight, Florida goes trolling. The Internet hates another thing. And George Stephanopoulos. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah.
3: Take a seat, let's get into it. Mother Earth just became a billionaire. The game of chess is getting dirty, and there's been a massive outbreak of racism under the sea. So, let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. All right. I'm gonna be honest. With all the news that happened today, I don't think we have enough space in today's show. Yeah, I'm sorry, I I tried everything. I even went to a junkyard and asked them to use that machine that crushes the cars, and now I need a new car, but there's still too much news (laughs) and not enough time. Fortunately, not enough time is just enough time for a segment we call, Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. (laughs) All right, let's kick things off with one of the most amazing and positive stories involving a billionaire. You know how, Most billionaires only seem to want to get more and more and more billions so that I guess they can afford the new iPhone. Well, it turns out (laughs) not every super rich person thinks like that.
2: In an extraordinary act of charity, the founder of the outdoor gear and clothing brand Patagonia has given away his
3: $3 billion company. Ownership has now been transferred to a specially created trust that is going to use any profits not reinvested in the business to fight climate change. That's expected to be roughly $100 million a year.
2: -year 83-year-old Yvonne Chouinard, who started Patagonia roughly a half century ago, said,
3: quote, we are making Earth our only shareholder. Wow. The founder of Patagonia decided being a billionaire was too much balling for any one person, and so he's decided to give all the money away. when you think about it, is actually the most baller move of all time, huh? Yeah, because who's more of a baller? The person who has a billion dollars or the person who literally uses their billion dollars to make it rain? That's what he's doing (laughs) because the earth is going through a drought. He saw what happened in California. He's like, I'm gonna make it rain. And who would have thought that a billionaire could give away his money to help the planet instead of trying to escape it in a penis rocket? I didn't even know that was possible. (laughs) I didn't know, but apparently you can. And if I'm the earth, this is great news for me. Cause I mean, yeah, pollution is killing me, but now I'm rich enough to stunt on other planets? Where's your private jet, Pluto? Are you even a planet anymore? Bam, bitch! (laughs) I will say it's gonna be a little bit awkward for Ivan Chouinard's kids when they try and explain why they didn't inherit their dad's billions, you know? It's like, so did your father give you the money? It's like, no, he gave it to a polar bear. (laughs) It's like, damn, you probably suck. now. If we had more time, we could talk about how the founder of Patagonia is showing us that you can still be super rich and not be a billionaire. And he's showing that hyper-capitalism isn't the only way a business can run, and it can still be successful, and it can still make money, and it can contribute as much as it gets. But we don't have the time to talk about all that. Because while the owner of Patagonia is trying to be the Earth's biggest advocate, Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, is trying to be the Earth's biggest dick.
0: Now to that dramatic and controversial twist in the battle over immigration overnight. The governor of Florida taking credit for sending at least Two planes filled with migrants to the wealthy Massachusetts island of
1: Martha's Vineyard.
0: The
4: planes carried 50 migrants from Venezuela, and the island community was given no heads up about it. All they did was see some planes and a bunch of people come off. The group arrived with children and some elderly family members, all of whom could not speak English. The community, though. Banded together, they helped them, they set them up in a nearby church overnight.
2: Now, what's truly bizarre about the situation is all of these immigrants came from Texas, and it appears only the
3: planes were provided by Florida specifically to bring them here. You know, there's assholes, and then there's this guy. <laughs> no, because you know, sometimes, you know, someone is so terrible, the word asshole doesn't quite capture their essence enough, you know? Yeah, because everyone is an asshole. Like, my neighbor's an asshole, you know? Drivers in traffic are assholes. Hell, I'm an asshole. But Ron DeSantis, he's like, he's like the the little edges, the little ridges around the asshole that really catch all the shit. And because I can't show you that on TV, here's a picture of a star-nosed mole, so you know exactly what I'm trying to say. Those little... Because here's the thing, remember, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida. So why is he grabbing refugees in Texas and shipping them to Massachusetts, huh? Why, so he can prove that America's immigration system is broken, yeah, everyone knows that. But instead of pushing lawmakers to actually reform the system, he's using taxpayer money to what, go viral? Because this is what what he wants to do, right? And this is what gets to me. If you told DeSantis to spend the same amount of money helping these asylum seekers, he'd be like, oh, we don't have the funding for that. But to troll the Democrats, suddenly he's like, put it on my card, yeah. (laughs) And by the way, America actually has a history of doing this. Yeah, in the 1960s, racist organizations in the South shipped black people up to Northern states to make liberals uncomfortable but Ron DeSantis obviously doesn't know about that because the pages in his history books were torn out in his state, so I get it. Now, (laughs) if we had more time, we could delve into a long history of how American lawmakers are all too happy to pour tons of resources into destabilizing Central and South American countries, but when the effects of that destabilization are felt in America, suddenly they don't have the money to pay for the consequences of their actions, but we don't have the time to get into that because while American lawmakers are arguing about what's happening at land borders, Americans on the internet are at war about what's happening under the sea.
1: The new trailer for the live action remake of The Little Mermaid already has more than a hundred million views. While it's got a lot of fans, it is also being attacked by some internet trolls. actress Halle Bailey stars as Ariel in Disney's new live action film. And she looks nothing like the animated Little Mermaid with red hair from the original 1989 classic. The trailer has received more than 1.5 million dislikes on YouTube. Then there are the ugly racist tweets. The Little Mermaid is white, not black.
3: Really people, we're doing this again, huh? She looks nothing like they nothing like, they both have the tail, huh? They both have the, red. Ra- she looks nothing like her. How do I even know that she's a mermaid? <laughs> Once again, a bunch of internet racists are upset that a fictional character is being played by a black person. And honestly, I don't know what the big deal is. You guys realize that Nemo was black too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that whole movie was about a fish who can't find his dad. Yeah, Ah, calm down, calm down. I can say that because my dad left and he's white, so who's racist now? (laughs) This is so ridiculous. First of all, of course the Little Mermaid is black, all right? Everyone whose name starts with Lil is black. (laughs) Lil Wayne, Lil Nas X, Lil Kim. Honestly, if you heard that there was a woman named Lil Mermaid, you just assume that she's on a track with Cardi B, you know? (laughs) With my wet ass flippers, so look. So look, stop being ridiculous. It's imaginary. You know, I hope this scandal doesn't overshadow the rest of the movie. The Little Mermaid is a beautiful story about a young woman changing her core identity to please a man. Let's not forget <laughs> about that, people. And look, if we had more time, we could talk about how Disney already created a Black Mermaid 30 years ago and nobody cared, or how there's still plenty of white princesses for little girls whose dream it is to be in a monarchy. And let's not forget, you can still watch the original Little Mermaid. It's not like if you try to turn it on, Mickey's gonna jump out of the screen and be like, you're racist, ha <laughs> ha But we don't have time for that <laughs> because racism isn't just on Twitter. It turns out it's also ruining the NBA.
2: This evening, the major headline out of the NBA, they have now suspended Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury owner Robert Sarver for a year. They have fined him $10 million after a nearly year-long investigation that detailed inappropriate behavior during his 18 years with the team. The league says Sarver, whose teams are mostly black, repeated the N-word five times, bullied employees, and sent pornographic material, including a video, to staffers. Sarver also allegedly made jokes frequently to employees in large and small settings about sex and sex-related anatomy.
3: Whoo! They say this guy was using the N-word, he was bullying people, and there was sexual harassment. That's a triple-double in HR violations. I mean, (laughs) how do you justify sending porn to your employees? What are you doing, huh? What's the rationale? Just be like, do you see that gangbang video that I emailed you? Well, that's the kind of teamwork I want to see on the court tonight, people! (laughs) Come on, get out there! Now, to be fair, to be fair, Sava wasn't calling black people the N-word, all right? He was just allegedly repeating black people's use of the N-word and then complaining about why he couldn't say it, but they could, but he was saying it. (laughs) So he isn't necessarily racist, but he's definitely a moron. (laughs) And here's what I don't get, here's what I don't get. If you're someone who wants to walk around saying the N-word, then pretty much the worst place in the world for you is the NBA. He's <laughs> like, I love saying the N-word and I hate the sound of squeaky shoes. Well, my man, you chose the wrong field. <laughs> now, if we had more time, we could talk about whether or not a one-year suspension is enough of a punishment for what this owner has done. Because if you can't learn in five minutes that you shouldn't be saying the N-word, and I'm not sure that a year is gonna help, but we don't have the time for that. Because while the NBA is dealing with one bad owner, there's a scandal in the chess world right now that is shaking the entire sport.
0: A cheating scandal is rocking the world of chess like never before. After world chess champion Magnus Carlsen recently lost a match to young up-and-comer Hans Niemann, Carlsen abruptly quit the tournament and then posted a cryptic tweet that many interpreted as an accusation that Niemann had cheated. Since then, speculation has run wild about how Neiman could have cheated, with some people suggesting that some kind of wearable vibrating device could have been feeding him moves.
2: A world champion has never withdrawn from a chess tournament before this, in the history of the game of chess, so it's really unprecedented.
3: Yeah, you damn right this is unprecedented. A chess grandmaster might have been cheating? That is disgusting! The game of chess is sacred, it's an ancient game of skill and strategy, with the little horses that you play with. (laughs) (laughs) L-shape. Now, even though lots of people are accusing Neiman of cheating, nobody can say exactly how he did it. Although, you may have heard them say vibrating. Yeah, the one theory, which the internet is running wild with, is that he used vibrating anal beads (laughs) to tell him what moves to make. (laughs) Which I know sounds nuts, but I get why someone would use vibrating anal beads to cheat, you know, because Even if you lose, you still kind of win, you know? (laughs) And let's be clear, let us be clear, there is absolutely no place for sex toys in the game of chess. (laughs) Except for the pawns. And the bishop, if you nasty. (laughs) Now, if only we had more time, we could have so much fun joking about which vibrations equal which moves, or we could even talk about the real scandal in chess, which is how are all the pieces the same size, huh? So is the giant horse the size of a castle, or is it a tiny castle the size of a horse? Either way, protecting your king is the least of your problems, but we just don't have the time for that because I'm being told through my vibrating beads that we need to go to a commercial break. So don't go away, because when we come back, we're gonna find out what you know about the news. You don't it.
4: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome
3: back to Daily show. You know, here at the show, we pay a lot of attention to what's going on in the news. But how much are the people outside our studio following along? Well, we sent Michael Costa to find out for another edition of Fill Me In. Welcome to... Welcome to...
2: Answer the Question? Answer the Question? With Michael. Uh, Fill me in. Time to find out how much New Yorkers know about today's most trending quotes. (laughs) Taylor Swift, her new album's called Midnights, is for people who lie awake at night, quote, hoping that just maybe, when the clock strikes 12, we will... Fall asleep? Party. Turn into a pumpkin. Okay, so you think Taylor Swift's new album, Midnights, is a homage to Cinderella. Something like that. Kate, why does your dumb husband say things like this?
0: (laughs) Greet one another.
2: What's another word for greet that has most of the same letters in it, but isn't greet?
0: Meet yourself? Meet yourself is the right answer! Woo, big reaction! All
2: right, who's this? That's my
1: man. That's my man. (laughs) My man.
2: Timothy Chalamet.
1: No, sir. Is it?
2: That
1: is Harry Styles.
2: Oh, it's Harry Styles. All right, he just said this about his new film. My favorite thing about the movie is that it feels like real. It is good. And it's wrong. Man. What does a movie feel like? Entertainment? Entertainment. How is a movie supposed to feel? Is it supposed to feel like a book? No. No? Is it supposed to feel like a TV show? No. No? Is it supposed to feel like a Broadway musical? No. No. So a movie's supposed to feel like uh Entertainment? No, shut up. He already said that. A movie feels like a, a, movie. a movie, yes! Timothy Chalamet said at the premiere of his newest movie, it's tough to be alive right now. Blank is in the air. Um,
0: Love is in the air?
2: Do you smell love?
4: Not really. Around here? Kind of smells like "Shh.
2: It's something that happened in Rome. Ash. Ash. Let me see if that works. It's tough to be alive right now. <laughs> Ash, Ash is in the air. What wow. happened to Rome? Eventually it. Whoa, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. It's too late. Really, we should just be packing a go bag. You know what I'm saying?
1: Society collapsed. You got it
0: right!
2: Oh! Kim Kardashian, when asked what her talent is, says, quote, I can give you a million f- talents. I can cook well, use my blank for anything. You got that one. It's you not got what one. you think, pervert. Brain. My brain. brain. Well guess what, brain is wrong. Mm. Let me give you a hint. It's one part of her body that we've seen the least of. I was gonna say feet. You are gonna say feet. What's on the feet? Shoes. Shoes, what's in the shoes? Socks. Socks, what's in the socks? Feet. Feet, what is in the feet? Her DNA. Uh, uh, Toes? Her toes! And no, not all of today's quotes are from movie stars. Okay, AOC, quote. It's really important for people to feel like they're elected officials blank. Care? She didn't say care, she gave a little more New York sass. Give a Ooh, that's too much sass. Mm -hmm. It's caring, but using a word for poop. Give a shit. Oh, now put it together. It's really important for people to feel like they're elected officials. Give a shit. Three times, one, two, three, give a shit. Do you feel like your elected official gives a shit about you?
0: Stephanie?
2: You know who does give a shit about you? Harry Styles.
0: Now.
3: Thank you so much for that, Michael. All right, stay tuned, because when we come back, George Stephanopoulos will be joining me.
4: you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts.
4: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
3: Welcome back to the Daily Show. My guest tonight is the host of Good Morning America and this week he's here to talk about his new weekly political docu-series for Hulu called Power Trip, which premieres September 25th. Please welcome George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos, welcome it to is, the Daily it's Show. Great to be here. Thank this you. This is this is so amazing having you here because I mean, like, I feel like this is your world. You, you know, you're one of the, the the most familiar faces. You're one of the names that is most synonymous with all things news. And now you're taking us behind the scenes in this docuseries series, where NBC uh, ABC is going to be um, embedding. Yeah, we've got seven
5: young journalists. They're in their 20s. They're right. all ambitious, passionate, smart kids. They don't have a lot of experience, but they're going to go out on the campaign trail, basically a zone defense covering the country, and cover all these campaigns. We're doing it for the first time for these midterm elections because I, I said it in that clip. I think our democracy is at stake in these midterms. We've never seen anything like it before, and we want to make sure we get it. In as real a way as we
3: can. It feels like these midterms are going to be different, and, and you know, and people often say that. And I've seen you know American news try and drum up interest, but it feels like these Here's ones are going to be different particularly this different. Time.
5: This is the first time I think in a midterm election we saw a little bit of in twenty twenty, a lot of it in twenty twenty, where the very way we debate and decide elections mm-hmm. is under assault. I mean, you've got forty percent of the country who still doesn't believe the last election is over. Forty percent of the country who is determined who doesn't accept facts right. in, a, in a debate. And you know, our whole system is premised on the ideas. Both sides can argue out based on a common set of facts. Whoever wins, wins, and you go on to fight another day. This is different because that has not been settled after the last election.
3: Let me ask you this. As somebody who's been covering the news for so long, as somebody who's been involved in campaigns, you've seen the tides shift. You've seen the attitudes change. Did you see this coming? Is it new, and if, if you did see it coming, what was the moment? There's got to be one moment where you, you noticed that something had shifted. I can't
5: say I ever saw this coming to this degree. I never believed. I mean, I, I, I still well up when I think of the Capitol under assault on January 6th after an election. Our whole system is be- premised on the idea of a peaceful transfer mm-hmm. of power. But the change that started to happen, I am. You make it sound like I'm very old. I guess I am. But when I first worked in campaigns- No, I, I <laughs> have been doing it for a long yeah, time. Long time yeah, you I... could be a new child star. <laughs> I didn't say you old, George. <laughs> when I first worked in campaigns, we used to footnote our commercials because we were so concerned about being called out for not telling the truth. Interesting. But what, what has changed over time is that uh, as, as each side basically just tries to get out their own voters rather than trying to persuade mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. they care less about whether they're called out by the media on telling the truth you know, or it's, not. It's
3: interesting you say that, because I've noticed on, on the news shows, you'll be talking to politicians. And back in the day, it felt like a politician was so afraid to, to, to contradict themselves, to be a hypocrite, to have any moment where there was a discrepancy. And now it feels like just having the platform to come on your news show and say something is more important 1, than whether whether or not you will, and, you know?
5: What they love, often you'll have someone come on and you can show and it can be footnoted, you can go to the dictionary, you can go to 8,000 reference books and say, you're just not telling the truth. And they say, well, you're lying. And they don't care because to the, the, the group of voters, they're trying to appeal uh-huh. to calling us out, whether we're right or wrong, works for them.
3: So do you, do you ever get to a point where, as a news organization, you say, we can't Absolutely. have certain no, no, people Absolutely. No. Right
5: now, I mean, I will not put anybody on my show who will not accept the results of the last election. Just they don't come on. Wow. Um, you, know, you, have, you have new issues coming up all the time. I had an interview with a, a, a senator a few weeks back, which I still can't believe. And remember how, when Hillary Clinton had her emails that were classified? have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trump said, lock her up. Republicans wanted investigation after right. investigation. This senator would not even say that Trump having all of those documents in his house was wrong. Four questions, four times, would not say it was wrong.
3: So you're in an interesting position. For a long time, America had an agreed idea of what was happening on the news, for the most part. It's supposed to, yeah. Right. Cable news came, and then it became you know really passes and you could have it this way and you could have it that way and your facts could almost be a la carte now you still occupy a position trying to, you know yes. yeah but you still occupy this position where most people think of it as okay this is the the middle this is but the Overton window of middle is shifting how do you now respond? Do, do you try and do you have to cater to, to some of these here, politicians? Here, here's,
5: here's what you don't do. I mean, I think there is a risk when you're talking to certain uh, politicians if if you're willing to say what you're saying is not true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to risk looking partisan by doing that, but I think we can't bow to that threat. Mm. I mean, I- as long as, as I'm confident when I am that we're arguing about facts, undisputable facts, I have no problem saying, you're not telling the truth. Even if that's gonna cause somebody to say, oh, you know, you're just being a political hack. You have to do that. That's what we have to stand up for as journalists. Right and wrong, fact, not fiction. Mm-hmm.
3: You, um, you, you are now sending these journalists as embeds. You know, they're, they're, they're on the ground, they're getting information on the ground from these people. What we see even in that clip, and, and I think the docu series really news, right? really gets into it, is people say, well, you're fake news. Do you think we are moving towards a world where the news is what you want to hear and then what you do essentially almost falls away?
5: It's, it's the great, I think it's one of the greatest dangers our democracy faces right now. I think there is no question about that. You see it right there. By definition, there is gonna be certain people who, no matter what the facts are, if I'm saying it, you're a liar. It's fake news. If, they're, if their candidate is saying, He's right, not wrong. And, and you're right, people just end up going to the places where they know mm-hmm. the view that they already have is gonna be reinforced, whether or not it's true.
3: Have you found any way to break through on the ground, on your show, in, in any well, of the journals? we're gonna to try to do it with this new show.
5: I, th- I think what we're gonna to try to do is show the process of these young reporters trying to get the truth, show them doing it in the right way, showing them doing it, we hope, with integrity. So showing the risks they take to do it. And if, I think if people have, a, if, if, if we have some transparency on the process, I hope that people will trust what they're hearing. Well,
3: I wish you the best of luck. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining me on the show. It's a really, really fascinating doctor series. Make sure to check it out. George Stephanopoulos, everybody. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Thank you very much. Yeah, best of luck.
0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and
4: This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish.
2: Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.